What is up, everybody? Matt Swifty Perry here with the Leader Swift Podcast. Today, we got Chris Heaslip. Chris is incredible. If you ever have given church offering, maybe through your phone, you've probably used a program called PushPay. PushPay is an incredible giving program uh, from your phone to your church. And Chris actually started a brand new company called Leader, L-E-A-D-R. Leader is a management software. It's actually a people management software. How can I grow and invest into leaders in such an organized way instead of a Google spreadsheet or just a Google Doc? Well, Chris created that program called Leader, and it's incredible. Chris joins us today on this podcast just to talk a little bit about how to develop leaders. This is so important. Such a great podcast. I'm excited. Let's jump right in to this conversation with Chris Heaslip. What is up, everybody? I am here with Chris. How are you today, Chris? I'm living the dream. Yes, yes. Chris, I have I've followed you for a while because I was I've been to PushPay conference so many times at Disneyland, uh, which was absolutely incredible. But why don't you tell some of our guests a little bit about you and your leadership journey? Absolutely, yeah. I, I trained as an accountant and then really felt like uh, I had a heart to get into business, and so we started PushPay. Obviously, I'm from New Zealand with my New Zealand accent. Uh, and moved up here in December of 13 to uh, to really grow PushPay in North America. And, you know, from that time until now, we went from about 10 to over 400 staff. It was just a really incredible journey. And uh, about a couple of years back, I started feeling like, you know, it was time to kind of go back to, to scratch and start building something again. And uh, I just had this really, uh, this real passion for the intersection of church and business. Uh, which is why we ran a lot of those conferences, you know, is tr- trying to bring uh, some best practices from the business world to help churches. Uh, and oftentimes I think churches, you know, say, well, maybe we shouldn't be using business best practices, but business just stole those best practices from the church anyway and uh, applied them to, to making money. And so I think they're just wise, solid ways of running an organization and so at that kind of intersection is where, really where I feel uh, there's just a huge opportunity. You know, why shouldn't the church be the most innovative organization on the planet? You know, why shouldn't we lead the way when it comes to software and, and uh, creating brand new ways of doing things? And so that's my passion and that's what I'm, what I'm fired up about. That's amazing. One thing I really loved that you guys would do at those push pay summits was the excellent level was so high. Like the level of excellence. I mean, you you guys even brought in uh, a John Maxwell and Seth Godin and, and so many incredible leaders. But the level of excellence in everything you guys did was incredible. Thank you. I mean, it was one of our core values. And so it's great to kind of see that being lived out. But I think, you know, that, that's what I'm talking about is the, the church should be the best. And I think, you know, if we set the bar really high, then I think our people uh, will live up to that, and that, that we can we can get more and, and deliver more through through the people that we're working with, and that's that's really what you know Leader is all about. My new company is about figuring out how do you create this culture of excellence in your organization, so that you people come into your to your church, your business, and they and they have that experience, and they say, wow, like there, there's something amazing here, 
And uh, Elliot and I coined this term, you know, we said, look, excellence is the currency that the world trades in. And they might not know or care about your mission or, or why you do what you do, but they can tell, they can see just by looking at, you know, what, what the outputs are, whether something is excellent or not. And so that creates a conversation around, well, why are you doing this? Why do you have this heart for what you do? And, and so I think excellence is, is just uh, almost just an entry ticket to the game to be able to engage in a deeper conversation. Wow, that is so good. Tell us just real quick about your new company leader that you started. Yeah, well, I think my experience leading Pushpay was that organizations have a lot of tools and world-class software when it comes to managing projects. But when it comes to developing people, there's nothing. There's Google Sheets and there's Asana and there's Apple Notes. And so if we spend all of this money managing tasks, why is it that we don't invest the same amount of intentionality and funds to developing our people if that's really the biggest bottleneck for our organization to grow and see more outputs? And so I, I say to my team, you know, did God have more of a problem with Jonah or the people of Nineveh? You know, once the leader does what they're supposed to do, then the results start to happen. And so every problem is a leadership problem. And so we, we have a, a leadership problem in all of our organizations that we just simply don't have enough of the right people to do the job that we're trying to do. And so we can't afford to, to hire people from Microsoft or Amazon. I mean, that's not the answer. So it means we have to develop people. There's, there's no other option because we can't afford to pay for people who have a, a proven track record. And maybe they're not culture fits anyway. But we have to develop people in our organizations, which puts a lot of pressure on us as senior leaders to create an environment where A, great people want to come to, and B, uh, the tools and the environment and the feedback culture that actually is going to help people get better quickly over time. Yeah, you spend a lot of time with incredible leaders. What are some ways that you found is helpful to, in developing a leader? Well, I think there's really two parts of, of leading people, and that's that everyone should be uh, A, engaged, and B, growing. And I think when we start looking at why we're not getting the outputs that we want, it's one of these two problems. And so we kind of think about an analogy of you know someone who works for us trying to chop down a tree. Well, the first group of people, they're highly engaged. They've got you know high work ethic. They turn up in the morning and they just give it everything all day. And they get to the end of the day and finally they chop the tree down. And, you know, we often see those people and we think, wow, like those, are, those people are great. Those are the people that we need in our organization. The problem with that is, is that if you sharpen the ax for half an hour before you start, maybe you could do that in two hours instead of eight hours. And so there's a second kind of vector we have to think about, which is growth. And then there's this kind of second group of people who's highly growing or highly effective, but maybe is not quite engaged. And so for those people, they turn up, they do the absolute minimum, and then they, they realize, I've, I've done my job, you know, I'm going home. And especially in this remote world we're in, it's even harder to try and get those people more engaged. And so the, the challenge, I think, is like, if we have a people problem, you know, you say, look, you know, can this person do the job? Like, do, have we given them all the tools to do what they need to do? And if so, well, then this is an engagement problem. And, and so I think the, the best thing I've ever learned is that you have to really care for people. The way you solve an engagement problem is 
you know, if, the, if you've got a great mission and, and you're, you've got a great plan, then really it comes down to caring for people and showing people that you care for them and creating a culture where they feel loved and cared for. And by investing into people and by caring about them, they're going to be even more passionate about the mission that you're on and they're going to work even harder. And so I think we have to start as leaders with caring for people, meeting them where they're at, hopefully giving them some candid feedback and then kind of taking them on this journey. Wow, that is so good. That is that's really really good. Um, yeah, I'll have I'll edit that part out. I was trying to think of the next question, but I was I was taking notes myself. That was so good. All right, I'll edit that out. But how do we help uh, people who have so much potential to be engaged and to grow? but they're not there and it it hurts the culture of excellence. Absolutely. I mean, I, I had a chance to spend some time with Seth Godin, as you mentioned at our conference, and he had this kind of saying, you know, culture is, is effectively people around here do things like this. And that kind of really stuck with me. You know, we culture is such a buzzword these days, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast and all of that. But like, what is culture? Well, culture is just, you know, what people are doing when you're not around. Are they working hard? Do they know what they're doing? Do they have goals that are written down? And so what we tried to do is create a five-step process that is just common sense uh, at Leader that, that says, look, every employee should have these five things. So the first one is every employee should have a meeting uh, with their manager at least once every two weeks just to check in, how are they doing, asking for feedback, asking how the project is going, making sure that they're unblocked. Second thing is that every employee should be recognized and understood for their unique strengths. We like to talk a lot about, you know, personality profiles, Enneagram, DISC, Myers-Briggs, all of that. But where do I find that? If I'm working with Matt on a project, how do I know what your strengths are? And how do I make sure that those are being leveraged? And uh, just putting them on a personnel file is not going to help us work together in a collaborative way. The third one is you should have clearly written down and documented goals. And I think especially uh, millennials, they want to know, when I go home at the end of the day, did I win today? I think, you know, maybe uh, boomers and Gen Xers are just kind of like, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to come and do what I can and then go home. I think millennials want to know straight away. They want immediate feedback because we're used to it through our screens, through our software. Like, did I, did I do a good job today? Are we winning today? And it could be, did the project go well? Did this happen the way it should have happened? It can be very simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, this long, intricate process to set goals. But, like, people want to know, are they on track and are they doing what they should be doing? Number four, they've got to have clear and ideally written down feedback from their manager, you know. And uh, I think, again, millennials especially want a lot of feedback and they demand it and uh, in terms of the venue, they really want that feedback to come through a screen. Uh, I think older generations, you know, are comfortable sitting down and having a conversation with people to get feedback. But I don't think that younger people are like that. They really want to understand how they're doing and they want it to come to them through a, um, through a computer screen. And then the last one is that every employee should have some kind of personalized growth or development plan. And then when you do performance reviews, you know, it should be being assessed against the goals that the employee has uh, rather than the goals the organization has. And obviously you have to have goals that you're tracking in terms of how you're doing as an organization. But 
you know, if you start digging into like, what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go? Oftentimes you find out people want to be in a different line of work or they want to try some different things out. And the more we can align our goals as an organization with their goals about where they want to go, the more output we're likely to get and the more engagement we're likely to get from people. So those things you can do without any software at all. And, and just what we've seen is by centralizing that and having one uh, centralized location where you store all of your development efforts, you can be more effective at developing people. Wow, that is so good. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of leader. I'm encouraging every leader I talk to to go check out all that you guys are building for leaders. Chris, is there anything you want to leave our leaders with? I think it's to commit to continue to get better. I think that we've got to see you know business books and business principles not as something that businesses use, but as just common sense that God has given to us that we can apply in our organization. And if you have a chance to meet you know, great leaders of great organizations, the Andy Stanleys, the Craig Grishels, you know they run the organization on these you know, simple, timeless principles of, uh, of just great leadership and wisdom and common sense. And so the challenge for all of us is if we're small, it's actually even more important that we establish these uh, kind of good practices and good hygiene because that's how we grow. And so... I think the, the kind of common thing for a small organization, I don't have time for that. Like that, that all sounds good if you're leading 400 people. I don't have an HR director. I don't have someone to help me do that. Well, it's actually more important then, and you can have more of an impact in a smaller team by just setting out some of these basics. And you don't have to do all five of them. Just start somewhere and commit to getting better over time. And, and so there's no excuses for that. And it's just so easy that if we just take one step, I think our people respond to that because they see that we're getting better. And then all of a sudden, it's much easier to challenge them to get better in the process. Wow, that is so good. Thank you so much, Chris, for being with us today. Where can people kind of find you and things that you're creating online? Absolutely. We have some great content at leader.com, L-E-A-D-E-R. And uh, I also have a personal website. I'm working on some content coming soon there at chrisheathlet.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for some time today, Chris. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.